Welcome to the live preaching message from Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and to preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Revelation given to John, the disciple of Jesus, at a stage in his life when he was caught up in the spirit and the Lord himself spoke to him of that which is to come. Hallelujah. And interestingly, the beginning of the book pronounces blessing on those who read it. And yet, it's a book that is, le- is least read in the church. The book of Revelation. Because the things that it says, uh, you know, I think people like easy things, so they just shut their minds. I don't understand. But you see, some minds have the ability to make difficult things very simple. Are you with me? And that is what our bishop has done, taking the book of Revelation as much chapters as possible and verses as possible and expounding on them for us to have prayer topics and for us to have understanding. Amen. Amen. Those of you that have problems about books written by a man, let me take the time to explain to you. As I'm standing here, you have come here. I didn't call you, but you have come. Did I? Is there anybody here I called you to come this morning? No, I'm happy you have come. I'm not saying why have you come. I'm just happy you have come. But I, I'm just trying to make a point. Is there anybody I gave a call this morning that I'm expecting you? Let's meet up at church. Anybody here this morning? So far, none of you, isn't it? But you have come. And you know that it's likely I'll be the one preaching, isn't it? So you came knowing that I am the one going to preach to you and you are expecting to hear something good. That's why Sunday morning you have woken up early, arranged things and come, isn't it? Good. So I'm a man also. But you see, what it is that you believe that the Spirit of God is guiding me and moving me to speak to you. So that is why we listen to men. Because, you see, that when God gave his Holy Spirit, he didn't give it in the air that we breathe in. He poured his Holy Spirit on men, flesh. Do you get it? So if you want to hear the voice of God, listen to a man under the influence of the Holy Spirit and you will hear the voice of God. Are you with me? So let's get this ABC sorted out so that we can go on to the pronunciation of A and C put together. Do you get it? If you know how to pronounce A, you know how to pronounce C, and you know how to pronounce E, when, you, when they put them together, you join the pronunciation and you pronounce them A's. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good. So this morning, our key scripture is First John chapter number five, and you will, you see, those of you who come regularly, by this time you should be quoting it. Those of you who don't come regularly, you keep coming until you have enough of it. You also quote it. Amen. 
Now, the Bible tells us that whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. In other words, what gives you the ability to overcome the world in which we live is your faith if you are born of God. And who is it that is born of God? Just in case you don't know. Because they say whatsoever is born of God. Do you get it? So you want to ask who, 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 or what is born of God? This is what is born of God. Anything, anything that believes that Jesus is the son of God. Are you with me? So if you believe that Jesus is the son of God, the Bible says whether you like it or not, you are born of God. Are you with me? If you believe it in your heart that Jesus, the one who came over 2,000 years ago, born of the Virgin Mary, crucified by Pontius Pilate, and died and rose, if you believe that that Jesus that was killed, who rose from the dead three days after, is the son of God. If you believe it, it means in the eyes of God, you are his. Are you with me? You belong to him, whether you like it or not. Now, and the Bible is telling that those who belong to God, the world in which they live cannot overcome them, but rather they overcome the world. The place they live, the system they are living under, and the people that are, they are with. All these things cannot stop them from being what God has prepared or has in mind for them. You see, I have children, but I have never had a vision. I have a vision for my children of what I want them to be. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have a, it's not like I have children and I don't care what they become. No, I care. I care. And from birth, from birth, from birth, I have had a vision for them. A vision that I pray for. That they will be useful citizens of society. Over and above all, my vision for them is that they will be vessels in the hands of God. In the hands of God for God to use to accomplish his purpose on earth. I don't have a vision for them to just have food to eat. Are you with me? I have a vision that they will be useful citizens of society. And whatever it will cost me to make them useful citizens of society, I am willing to pay for it. That is why I take them to school. I've been taking them to school from grade R or even some of them earlier. Every morning. Sometimes you see me rushing to fetch them from school. Every morning. It doesn't matter when I slept. I must wake up and take them to school. Oh, up to now. At least now I have two that I don't take to school. I take them once and they sit to themselves. <laughs> I'm still left with two that every morning... I have to take to school and arrange for them to be picked or go and pick them. It's tiring. But you see, I've not given up because I have a vision for them. And I'm not going to be overcome by the challenges that I meet. 
I have planned and do plan to overcome every challenge. Any child that is not doing well in a particular subject, I have to make plans and make arrangements for the child to overcome what is trying to overcome my dream for the child. Are you with me? And in the same way, God, as your father, or you, as a child of God, because of your faith or your belief in Jesus Christ as the son of God, says that you, that child of his, overcomes the world. In other words, whatever he wants to do for your life, the world cannot stop it. And the world cannot stop it based on your faith. Just your faith is all that you need to overcome the world. Now, now, you see, sometimes when you read a scripture like this, you want to ask yourself, what is there in the world to overcome? And because you don't see anything. You don't see anything to overcome. But you see, that you don't see things doesn't mean it's not there. Because, you see, the world in which we live is governed by forces that are not visible to the naked eye. What makes one man decide that I am going to stay as a president of a country no matter the implication to the masses? I am the one staying. Whether election or no election, I am the one staying. I don't care what they say. How many people will die is irrelevant. I mean, it doesn't, you see, to the natural mind, it doesn't make sense. But you see, unless you are spiritual, you would not believe that this person is under an influence that makes him not see what they should see. Hallelujah. So you see, the first thing is that you need, the first thing you need to understand is that the forces that are set against you are not visible forces or physical forces. That is what Paul writes that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, of, against spiritual forces of wickedness in, high, in heavenly places or in high places. But you see, most of us Christians for whatever reason we don't want to think of the unseen world. All we want to think of is the seen, what is visible. And it's a bother for me as a pastor. Because I just can't understand. Why? Because even that which you believe is a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Hallelujah. So, I'm going to just list a few of the mountains or a few of the challenges that you come across based on the Bible. Based on the Bible. Now, in Zechariah chapter 4, you see, many of you want things to happen in your life. But you see, there are also forces that are working against you. There are forces that are working against your life to prevent it from happening. But you see, by your faith, I said, by your faith in God, you would overcome those things. 
I said, by, you see, it's not by your connections and by your contacts. No. It is by your faith in God that you overcome the things that are fighting against the desires that God has put in your heart. Look, most of us, the desires we have, it's not, it's not wrong. There's nothing wrong with wishing to have a good house. There's nothing wrong with wishing to have a good car. There's nothing wrong in wishing to have a good wife, a good husband, and good relationship. What is wrong with it? Ah, why should you live in a house where there's civil war? That when you want to go to the house, all of a sudden, it's like your heart begins to beat faster. When you go out of the house, your heart just takes it easy. Who, who wants a place like that? But some of us, I mean, we are coming from places that are like that. And the delay in our marrying is because of what we have seen. Some of us even have experienced it. But anyway, you see, Zechariah chapter 4 is a vision of a prophet of God. When he had a vision into the spirit realm. And the angel that talked with me, an angel is talking to him came again and waked me as a man that is awakened out of his sleep and said, go on. What do you see? I said, I've looked and behold, a candlestick of gold with a bow upon the top of it and his seven, and his seven lamps. Please, I haven't finished reading Thereon and seven pipes to the seven lamps. So it's more like most of us have seen it. If you go to Israel or whatever it is, or you even Google it, you see you see it even in their things. It's it's a lamp and then a bowl and then seven sticks coming out. It speaks about the seven spirits of God. And then standing by this lamp is two olive trees. One upon the left and the other upon the right. That is for another discussion later. So I answered, I spoke to the angel that talked to me. What are these? What are these? What am I seeing? What are you trying to tell me? Then this was, no, it's not all these things. I said, ah, how can I know if you don't tell me what it is? Then he said unto him, it is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. So what he was seeing was the spirit of God, the different wings of the spirit of God, the different dimensions of the Holy Spirit. Then he said, who art thou? You see, go, go back one verse. Verse 6. Then answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Then the verse 7, it, it, the, the, the angel was ask a question. You see, the angel is telling Zerubbabel what God is, please, can, can you give me volume? My volume is a bit low. What God is going to do with him. Are you with me? 
But the same angel is also addressing the forces that will want to oppose it. And in addressing the forces, gives a description of the force. And they say, who are thou, O great mountain? Who are you, this obstacle? Who are you, this difficulty? Who are you, this unfavorable situation? Now, you see, the importance of having faith is that your dreams and the things that God will put in your heart are going to be met by obstacles. Some of them, to their natural mind and to your natural understanding, there's only one result that can come out of it. Impossible. And you see, what happens is that these obstacles, these mountains, these difficulties, when they show up, they show up to tell you that whatever God has promised you will never be. It might have been for somebody, but show in particular, forget it. And it makes you lose hope. You see, once you lose hope, it's almost like the screws have come apart. You see, when a person has lost hope, they follow anything and they give themselves to anything. People that have become drunkards did not become drunkards because they love drinking. And people that have committed suicide did not commit suicide because they didn't like their lives. But an evil spirit through events ministered to them that it's not worth living. Many people that give themselves to useless things is based on they seeing their dream going into flames and say, looking at all that I have worked for, it's not worth living anymore. But I'm here to tell you that just as the spirit asked the question, who are you, O mountain? You see, by your faith, you will ask the mountain, who are you? Because the, the angel said, before Zerubbabel, you'll be flat. And in fact, out of you, materials are going to come for the completion, for the starting and the completion of the building. Amen. You see, what the enemy of your life doesn't know is that out of the problems they have brought your way, you will get materials and solutions to things that you never dreamt of. But you see, you, you have to continue to see the materials. You cannot afford to give up. And this is where your faith, I said, this is where your faith comes in. This is where your faith comes in. You say, before Zerubbabel, you will be a plane. And Zerubbabel is going to bring forth out of you what is needed. I said, Zerubbabel is going to bring forth 
out, you shall be a quarry. I said, by the power of God, you shall, you mountain, you shall be a provision of material for the completion of the dream. Because Zerubbabel was tasked to rebuild the temple. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I promise you, many people that would oppose the dreams of your life, if you have faith, they will become the helpers of your dream. Oh, yes. I said many people that out of nowhere will come opposing and fighting everything you do. I'm telling you, they are the same people that through your faith, God will cause to become the helpers of that which is needed to be done. But you see, your faith, your faith is what is needed here. The second obstacle or the second challenge or the second area by which the enemy of God would oppose you is just age. Just aging. Because you see, aging comes with a lot of experience. Over and above that, we have a lifespan. And you see, for every year you celebrate is a reduction of your game time. And it is very difficult when you have a short time left and your dream is not yet come to pass. That is why it has been observed that a lot of men around the age of 40 years, depending on their accomplishment, become depressed and start doing things that they never did before. You can't get them to do anything. They call it midlife crisis. Because it's like, by this time, I should be here. But I'm far from there. But you see, I always say that if you watch the game of football, sometimes the winning team did not score their goals over the 90 minutes period. In the 90 minutes, they scored their goals within five minutes. So in as much as 90 minutes is what is given for the playtime. All you need to win is five minutes. Sometimes even three minutes. So as long as there is three minutes, there's hope. But you see, you see, Satan will tell you that listen, the dream you have, you need 90 minutes to accomplish it. But God is saying that he doesn't need 90 minutes. He doesn't need 90 minutes. He just needs to be ready and to be the time that he has appointed. And whatever he has said would come to pass in your life. Your faith is what will make you not lose hope and continue to do what you are supposed to do to bring to pass what God has promised you. Genesis chapter 18. Those of you who say we don't Read, we don't read the Bible. 
I'm sure today you are reading a lot more verses, isn't it? Uh, now I don't know. I don't know human beings. I don't. It's Satan who talks to you and gives you these ideas. I was at a place and talking to people, and somebody asked a question. Now, what do you say to somebody who is in the church, and you ask the person, "Have you read this book?" They say, "I, don't, I read the Bible." Do you listen to this person? I, I listen to Jesus. And you are in the church, pastored by a human being. Then go to Jesus and be with him alone. <laughs> and see if Jesus will not send you back to the church. Sometimes you don't know. I, some of them, I don't feel like explaining. I feel like kicking them in the back <laughs> to drive away the foolishness out of them. And you know, when they are arguing with you, they argue with you as if they feel very sensible. And you say, are you not stupid? I mean, sometimes you have to be polite as a pastor because you can't, you need to take your time and explain things to people because people are at different stages of life, of the work with God, yeah. You know, but what happens is such people, they are good people, but they, they, Satan deceives them to destroy themselves very quickly. Yeah, because, I mean, your language you speak, who taught you? You learn from somebody. Yeah. I mean, I didn't start the preaching I'm preaching. I didn't start preaching like this. No, 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 no. If I started here, I'll be very far. I started from behind, and I'm only coming to, I'm only here now. Genesis chapter 18. The Lord, having promised Abraham, that he will make him a father of nations. And at this time, you see, the promise was spoken at this time about 20 years earlier. Are you with me? I mean, you make me a father of nations, and 20 years has passed. And I have to have children, because if I have to be a father, I must, be, uh, I must have children. And up until that time, Nobody has been born from the sky. It is only Jesus that was conceived of the Virgin Mary. But even Mary was young. Mary was not an old lady. Hello? Yeah. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door on the, in the heat of the day. This Abraham, the Lord appeared to him. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself to them. So Abraham was very spiritual and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye, your hearts. After that, you shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. May you be spiritual to receive the people that are sent into your life. You see, because we are humans, some of the people sent by God will come in a human form. And sometimes they may not come in your likes and tastes. But you see, when, they, when you see signs, that this person is a person of God. Receive them. Amen. Just put away your preferences. 
and receive them. You know, some of you, you have angels in human forms sent into your life who are always pointing you to the word of God. But because of the strength of evil in you, you don't like them. If you, are, if you have any friend or any acquaintance that always talks to you about the word of God, this is a person you must make your number one friend. Even if they say things to you that doesn't sit well with you, that hits you hard, say, Lord, help me. Yeah. Don't dislike them and like those that are always chatting the things you want to hear. It is the things you have been hearing that is making you go the way you have been going. If you need a change, you need to change what you hear. I'm coming there. I'm coming there. I started from far, but I'll, I'll come there. I wanted to give you the encouraging ones first before. But I realized I always start from the backside, but now I want to start from the front. Or I want to start from the backside, rather. And Abraham hastened to, onto, into Sarah's into the tent onto Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal and all those things. He said, some of you, you must be good wives. When your husband comes to say things, ah, but you, how can you just come and be telling me, commanding me? Ish. You see, me, I don't have that type of wife, so I don't talk much about those things. But some people, some of you, your wives, ish. I mean, if you don't cook yourself, you won't eat. Ladies, it's a very bad one. Do you get it? Anyway, that's not what we are talking about for now. And Abraham ran onto the head and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hasted to dress it. You know, recently I found out that most South African men don't know how to do things in the house. They don't know how to iron and you see somebody arguing and angry at their wife because the wife has not ironed their shirt or have not ironed properly. And it's, when it comes to me, my reaction is anger against the one who is bringing the complaint. Yeah. The, and normally it's the men. Because listen, listen, but I realize that it's a cultural thing. You see, in my upbringing, ironing is done by boys. You see, I can't imagine, listen, listen, I can't even imagine, I can't imagine, I can't imagine a boy, sorry, a girl ironing my shirt, unless I have taught them. You can ask anybody, I don't know about those from the other West African states. I mean, ironing. And you see, so, so I ask myself, so what does the guy do in the house? Nothing. You see, I almost, but I realized that, I realized, as I talked to a few people, I realized that it is actually from childhood. You know, I found it very strange, I found, to be honest with you, to be honest, because apart from, okay, of course, we were brought up in that way that as a boy, ironing is not a girl's business. It's a boy's work in the house. 
in the house. It's a boy's work. The kitchen is for the girls. Anything outside the kitchen. Even the house, the clean of the house, you share. So, so listen. No, 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 listen. What it is is that, what it is that. So, so, listen. You see, so, we grow up knowing how to do those things. Do you get it? You grow up knowing how to do it. Now, when we are married, and it's just me and you, and now we have a child, whose care largely rests with you, because I don't have the breast. You are the one with the breast. And you are the one that the child would like to go to most of the time. So, I feel that when it's just the two of us, I mean, if I really love you, I should give you a helping hand. to be a Christian. Because I've married a wife. I didn't marry a slave. Anyway, this is my opinion. This is not a Bible verse. I'm just saying that of course, as we grow in life, it gets busier. And I may be occupied with so many things depending on my level of laziness. Because as a man, it is my responsibility to make sure that the house is in order in every dimension. So I may be occupied with so many things. So then if we can afford a helper, I'll get a helper to help you in doing your work. And where the helper is away, I will lend you a hand. I mean, I I think this one is common sense. Ah! So, So, I'm asking you a question. Guys, after you have let her done all the work in the house, do you expect her to jump? You don't understand what it means to jump. No, you see, what you are going to get is, I'm tired. What you are going to get is their natural position. So, so all your dreams of other positions, forget it. Anyway, we are talking about Abraham. Let's go on. Let's go on. So Abraham, they dressed the calf and they brought it before them and they did eat. And they said unto her, unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. And they said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. 
And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. He said, after, the, after Abraham has done whatever it is, the angel of the Lord, or whoever they were, spoke a word and said, next year by this time. You see, they've been giving, Abraham has been giving promise 20 years earlier. And 20 years down the line, the angel came and said, next year by this time, it shall be. But you see, this is the, what is now standing in their way. Next year by this time, they are not 27. Abraham is 99. And Sarah, I think it's about 80 or something thereabout. So when Sarah heard it, he said, ah. Go, go back, go back. He said, next year by this time, I'll visit you. The Bible said, no. And he said, according to the time, and Sarah thou have, shall. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind. And what did she say? Now, the Bible gives us, just in case we don't know, here is a challenge that is about to overcome them. And the challenge is age, not the devil. The challenge is that things have shut down. And you see, many of us, unknown to us, age has a way of opposing us. Because the thing, you see, you are talking about in God, in Christ. The things you need to do that will bring about the promise of God in your life demands you to be young. But most of us, already age has taken hold of us. And unknown to us, we allow age to stand in the way. And by age, we are overcome by the things of the world. By, just by aging. One of the things about age is that you don't believe easily anymore. You don't trust anymore. You have a lot of questions to ask over anything that is said. One of the, one of the things of age because with age comes experience. And experience is the number one hinderer of the things of God in your life. Experience. Experience. It looks good in the world, but it hinders you in the kingdom of God. So, it said, now Abraham and Sarah were old, well stricken in age, and ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. In other words, Sarah's shop was closed. There's no address. There's no shop. It's there just the, uh, 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 the, 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 that thing they put in front of the shop. What do they call it? The, the signboard, the sign of the shop. But the shop itself doesn't exist. And because of that, you see, because of the obstacle of age, Sarah laughed. I said, Sarah laughed. He says, and, and then she started to go into details. 
that are we now going to start having fun at this age something that we have stopped doing long ago that we have even forgotten how to and which way seriously I mean if you really wanted to do something you should have come early when we were at the, at the peak of our game at this time but you see Abraham as the pastor of the house must have gotten Sarah to the school of faith because Abraham is a father of faith and you know sometimes you the man would have faith but your wife the fact that you are a man of faith doesn't mean your wife is a woman of faith yeah that's one of the mistakes we make in the, in the church world. That because I'm a pastor, or especially the senior pastor, automatically my wife becomes the leader of the women. No, no. No. My wife should not automatically become the leader of the women. Because my wife may not have, may not be matured or have faith in the things of God the way I have. She's my wife. She's, she's my wife. In other words, she's my physical, whatever it is. If she also has a spiritual life and develops a spiritual life, then God himself would give her the leadership of the women. But most, most pastors, husband and wife things. So when you do the right thing, you look to be the wrong way. No. Because the wife I married, I didn't go and marry her based on her faith. I married her because maybe I saw some nice things I like. So my wife should not automatically be the leader of the woman. What if my wife does not have faith and that my wife does not follow God and has not given herself to God in a certain way? I'm just explaining to you so that in case you see somebody who is doing the right thing, you don't start accusing them before the Lord curses you. That's by the way. So, Abraham took it upon himself and managed to instill some faith into Sarah. And so, finally, they got down to the job. And the Bible says, through faith, when he was past the time of having children, he had a child. By faith, he overcame. You see, your faith is what will overcome your aging challenge. I say, your, and listen, it's real though. Most of us get frustrated, I'm aging. And mo, a lot of people, especially when it comes to women who want to marry and do the property and have children and nobody's coming. Before you realize, it's like they've gone in and just done something stupid. And creates problems that later on affects everybody. Listen, let me say this to some of you. You see, don't operate in your own wisdom by doing things that you know is contrary to the word of God when it comes to things that go beyond you. You see, the child that you are going to have out of wedlock because you are aging. You see, I have my money. I'll look after the child. I'll do everything. Listen, bringing up a child is not only being able to take them to school. and things. There are emotional dimensions of children upbringing. And you see, you never know the emotional effect on each child 
a particular thing, the absence of a father figure. You see, every child is different. Some child will not have anybody looking after them, and they will grow up normal without being bitter and without feeling neglected or without feeling unloved. Another child will grow up without having a father in the house, and that absence would create a problem in them. They, they, they will grow up always feeling rejected, always feeling unaccepted. So they will be looking for acceptance. Before you realize, in looking for acceptance, Satan would have taken advantage of them. And your dream, your dream has become something else. Don't, don't, if God has ordained that you will not marry and therefore will not have a child, as a follower of God, just decide that this is my lot. Yeah. Having a child is not everything. Even though it's one of the greatest desires of a woman. Having a child is not everything. I'm, I'm saying it. You see, you must be a Christian to understand what I'm saying. If you're not a Christian, you don't understand what I'm saying. Why should I? Please, I'm telling you, have a child if you want it. Do whatever you want to want, but I have a duty to advise you and to caution you that it may go well, it may also not go well. Are you with me? Yeah. I mean, if you are serious and you want to really have a child, listen, there are men that are below your taste, but that are happy to marry you. Marry them and have children. At least that one you've done it. It's below your taste, but it's okay. You just tell the guy that, listen, let's, let's settle this. This is the thing. I mean, you know that you are, but you have something that I need. <laughs> do you get it? So come and, come and let's do it properly. You see, it may sound funny, but you'll be surprised that it will work out well for you than rather going to Take somebody's own. Pray. If you have done it and you are hearing it now, pray for the mercy of God. That whatever my error is, Lord, deliver and help. In ignorance, I did this, not knowing the depth of some of these things. Are you with me? And listen, God is merciful. I'm just explaining to you the possibilities. But you see, possibilities are possibilities. God can choose that even though it's a 99% chance, he would operate with the 1% and you'll be successful. But pray that somebody doesn't copy you badly. Yeah, and because sometimes people copy mistakes. One Christian would marry an unbeliever and everything would go well. And you see it and you say, ah, but this person also married an unbeliever. You in particular, when you do it, it will not go well with you. That's why Satan made you see it. Because that's your trap. To copy something that is wrong because you have seen somebody that you looked up to who did the wrong thing and it worked well. You in particular, you in particular, because of the lack of prayers in your house, which you don't know. Because you see, as we are working, you don't, my children don't know the prayers I'm praying. My children don't know the prayers my wife is praying for them. They don't know. And they will never know. So they may do the wrong thing and things still will not will work for them. And you see it standing from afar. Whose mother or father is actually into Sangoma and other evil things. And then you say that, oh, you're, this person did this. And you go and do it. And before you realize, you say, ah, 
The Lord has failed me. I've served him all these years. Let's go on. So, so I'm talking about the obstacles. The obstacle of mountains and the obstacle of age. And I told you that. The Lord, the Spirit told Zulibabel, this mountain, it shall be a plain. It can't stop it. And Jesus also said it in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, that if you have faith, you shall say to whatever mountain that stands before you, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. If you shall not doubt in your heart, you shall have what you say. Hallelujah. I just want to leave you with these two points. The next thing that I want to say, how do we get faith? How do we get faith? Do I still have time? Hey, today I was supposed to finish earlier. I made up my mind not to digress. Yo. <laughs> but I have to finish. Yo. I have a program at 11 o'clock sharp and I must be in Joburg. How do we get faith? Romans 10, 17. I see you overcoming every mountain in your life through your faith. You see, you, you, when the mountains appear, you laugh. They'll say, how are you laughing? And so, ah, but this one, it, it, it generates laughter. Ah, but can't you see that this thing deserves laughter? They say, hey, something serious like this, you are laughing. I say, ah, how serious can it be? It will clear off there. It will, go into the, it will go away. It will be a plane before me in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You see, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, you see, most of us don't respect the simple guidance from the word. Most of us who are Christians would hear everything but what we need to hear to give us faith. We are busy with so many things. But what is essential? Because it says it so clearly. There are many things that you don't get it as clear as this. That so then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Now if faith is what is going to cause you to overcome anything the world would throw at you. And the source of your faith is hearing the word of God. Why should you hear the word of God sparingly? Don't you want faith? Or unless you don't believe it. That is why the only time you will hear the word of God is just 40 minutes or so on Sunday morning. When you have the privilege of hearing the word of God over and over any time and every time of your life. You see, it may sound foolish to you. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 downwards, that but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound. Just, just go to that verse for me. They say, for the preacher, but it goes on and says, but God has chosen the foolish things. But God, but God, but God, 
But God has chosen the foolish things of this world. In other words, you see, when you are intelligent and when you have been in this world and known how people, things have been solved and issues have been attended to, listening to preaching can only look foolish in the eyes of this world. But the Bible says that that is what God has chosen. That is what God has chosen. I have shown you what faith does. The obstacles that it overcomes. The aging, you see, you don't control time. And aging, there's nothing you can do about it. You see, as you are aging, mentally you look to be stronger. But I tell you, physically, you are just finishing. No matter what you say, no matter what you do. What I can do now or what I could do 20 years ago. Now, it's a struggle. I cannot, I cannot argue that I haven't changed. It's the same. My muscles are the same. You are lying. They are not the same. If you start doing those tasks, you will discover that they are not the same anymore. But you see, by faith, you would overcome things that under normal circumstances, there's no way of overcoming. You see, even our effort at helping things has an age limit. For example, if somebody can't conceive and you want to do in vitro fertilization, there's an age limit. The older you get, the less successful it is. The older you get, the less successful it is. Yeah. The older you get, the less successful it is. So you can see that age works against everything. But you see, your faith would overcome what human wisdom cannot overcome. And it will make you do things that an announcement you won't do. And so if the Bible says faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God, then it is so clear, one duty of you is that you should not be hearing preaching only this morning. So this afternoon, you should be hearing preaching. This evening, you should be hearing preaching until you're... And you see, the thing about faith is that you, when it's coming, you don't feel it. It's not tangible. It's not like growing fat that everybody sees it and even everybody tells it. Even you yourself see it. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you say, yeah, it's a lot now. You don't need prayers to see that you are growing fat. And you don't need any special vision to see that you are growing fat. But unlike physical things, faith, as it is coming into you, is very intangible. I can't explain to you, but that's what happens. The more you hear, the more you begin to have faith in whatever you hear. If you are a person who is always hearing negative stories, you will have faith in negative things. And so the Bible is saying, if you want to have faith in God, hear the word of God. Give yourself to it. You see, it may not look like studying a PhD or studying masters or other academic advancement. It's so simple. But that is what God has chosen. It looks foolish to the intelligent or to the natural mind. 
But that is what God has chosen. That by the hearing of the word, you receive that which demolishes anything in front of it. So don't think and don't say that, oh, as for me, I just go to church on Sunday morning. You see, going to church on Sunday morning is not enough. Let's use technology to our, our advantage. I said, let's use technology to our advantage. Have preaching, preaching of the word. You see, you need to also select, you need to also select which word of God you hear. Because most seemingly word of God, they don't make you have faith in God. They make you have faith in God's ability to provide material things for your life. But that is not what you need. What you need is faith in God's power and faith in God's goodness. Not only for material things, but to make your life accomplish. Look, when your life has accomplished what God has planned for your life, material things will be abundant in your life and you will have no use for them. The reason why you value material things so much is because of what you don't know. It's because of what you don't know. That, that's, why, that's why a lot of married women, when they see unmarried women wanting to be married, they say in their head, you don't know, you don't know what you are looking for. Because you see, by, by being married, they have known something that you who is unmarried doesn't know. And you can't believe even if they tell you. So in the same way, you see, it is about God. And as you hear the word of God, you will have faith in God. You, have, you see, when you have faith in God, when God says turn right, and turning right doesn't look to supply you with your desires, you will say, if God says I must turn right, he knows something that I don't know, so I will turn right. You see, faith in God allows you to be led by God. And when God leads you, do you get it? He, he prospers your life beyond your idea of prosperity. That's all I'm saying to you this morning. So I'm pleading with you to spend time to have faith. Play messages that tells you about God and how God can be trusted and how God can be depended upon to make a life glorious and make a life beautiful. Make a life accomplish great things. Make a life be a blessing unto many. Yeah. As for your food, oh, what is food? I mean, some of you, you don't even eat. You can't eat, even though you can afford it. You can't eat. Car. I mean, it's because once you get it, you drive it after a while. You don't, we will have to ask you, oh, can't you get it washed? You won't have time for it. You see, when there are certain levels when you reach, you ask yourself, ah, why was I making these things my goal? I see you getting there in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord will lift you up. And you would accomplish so much. You accomplish things that don't need your life to continue to exist. Yeah. Because your life is going to end. Isn't it? I mean, our lives will end. Even if it's 170, it will still end. But you see, God will cause you to accomplish things that 200 years, 500 years after you are dead and gone, the things will be continuing. And they would all, when they write the history, they say 500 years ago, there was a man by name, one, two, three, four, five. 
He did this and did this and this started and we have enjoyed his blessing. We bless the Lord for his life. Yeah. Jesus is our example. 2,000 years. Abraham is there for us to read about. 6,000 years ago, we are still talking about him and talking about his faith in God. Let's rise to our feet. Hallelujah. I want you to lift up your voice and pray to the Lord and thank him. Thank him. Bless his name. Lift up your voice and bless his name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for your people. I thank you for your word. Impart to them, O Lord, a spirit of understanding. Receiving your word in their inner man, not in their minds, I pray. That something will spark in them a desire to never end in hearing your word constantly. Your word that will impart faith into their lives. Whatever has deceived them to make them trivialize listening to messages, Lord, help. Remove that thing out of their lives and guide them by your spirit to select messages that brings real faith in you. Faith that will be pleasing to you, O oh God. That you will bless them. That like you said to Abraham, in blessing, I will bless you. Lord, let them know and let them walk in your blessing as you guide them by your spirit to receive faith faith that trusts you faith that depends on you faith that acknowledges that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you faith that trusts that you will do them good and not evil faith that says that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us and what he has said he will do it will not be by our strength it will not be by our might but by his power, he would accomplish his word in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our website on loyaltyhousesouthafrica.org.